We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, we are back, and I got a text message just a couple minutes ago during the break. Actually, four text messages, three of them about how much people enjoyed having Jim Codd on. That doesn't surprise me at all. The fourth thing, are you going to take text messages and phone calls this morning? The answer to that is yes. We're going to start almost immediately. The number is 651-989-9226, 651-989-9226. Open lines, you can talk about we haven't talked that much about the Twins so far. You want to do that? We have four text messages already about the Viking draft. We absolutely are going to get into that next. In terms of uh, we're a little light on uh, on guests today, Glenn Mason will join us. We do not have P.J. Fleck. Glenn will join us right at 1030, and then Matthew Hurd about 1045. A lot of opportunity for conversation, your phone calls. Mike and I look forward to that. Mike, while we're waiting for some callers, let me uh, cover a couple of things. What are the chances the Vikings uh, make some sort of deal either before or during the draft? Well, the, the, I had a talk with somebody inside the program yesterday, so to speak, and said they would know about the Vikings. And they, and they, they said, um, I kind of went through the positions with them. And they said, offensive line deep. Uh, you can probably might not need to use your first rounder to get good offensive linemen. Uh, unless if, if somebody's there, they, they, they've obviously got somebody in mind that they're targeting there. Uh, defensive line is deep. They don't need defensive linemen, really. So somebody, if, if, if a great defensive lineman comes up at their spot, somebody might be willing to deal with them. And Rick Spielman loves multiple picks. Uh, so I, I can't think of a draft in recent years where he hasn't made trades, multiple trades, to get more picks. Running back, uh, they, they think, again, they can get somebody in the lower rounds uh, because they need somebody to go with Delvin Cook. Uh, they said there's some good safeties involved uh, in in the draft that they like. Uh, Harris, obviously, they just signed. Harrison Smith is there. They're in good shape there. Uh, receiver, they're not crazy about. They don't see a lot of good receivers sitting out there. Quarterback's just okay. Um, so they, I think they'll come out of this with a whole bunch of offensive linemen and at least one running back. And I don't think they're that particular about what round they get them in. So I think they're open to trade is what I was hearing. Turn my mic on. The question was phrased, what are the chances of making a trade? I'll start with 100% and worked out from that. I'm with you. I was trying to think back of any draft in the last years that, that we've had the same Viking crew in charge of things. I couldn't remember one in which they did make a, tra- a trade. Rick Spielman loves to make deals. He likes he loves draft it. choices. His big thing is multiple picks. Yep. And, and that if you get enough picks, you're going to hit on enough of them. Now, here's the other interesting part, and, and I think this is going to be interesting internally. Uh, one of the things that happens is uh, coaches lobby for guys they want. So if you're Gary Kubiak coming in and now you're in charge of the offense, what do you want? You want as many offensive picks as you can get. Mike Zimmer sitting over there, the head coach who loves defense, uh, now begins that whole, not that they fight against each other, but everybody wants as many picks for the people they coach as possible. And then Rick Spielman has to be the uh, referee in that. Here's another interesting thing. Uh, at least... Um, talking to the folks there, uh, three Minnesotans 
I would expect to get drafted uh, based on my conversation with the Vikings. Uh, Blake Cashman. Yeah. Uh, the stock's going up. Time. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Conley, the kid from Eden Prairie who went to Wisconsin yep. and played. Uh, a high school teammate. A high school teammate. And, and both of those two are walk-ons. Yep. And then Amani Hooker, who went to Iowa and played safety. Yep. Uh, the Vikings have looked at him, but, but all, all three of those, they're not going to be first-round guys. Uh, but uh, the, the, I, I find it interesting that both there's three guys on the board and the two of them were walk-ons, which tells you a whole lot about the exact science of football, doesn't it? Well, and uh, it says something this morning. I saw maybe it was Sid's column. I was reading a whole bunch of things online last night and this morning. Someone is cashman as high now as the late second round. This this for a guy who did so – I mean, Gopher fans knew how athletic he was, but there, there were – Whole periods of time, he hardly played for the, the the Gophers. But then near the end, he got got a chance to get on the field. People knew how good he was, but I don't think they knew quite how athletic he was until those workouts and some of those numbers that he turned in. Yeah, they, they couldn't get him off the field at the end. Right. I mean, you, just, you couldn't be denied. We'll talk to Glenn Mason about it later, but uh, he just kept splashing and splashing and splashing. And then the same with Conley at Wisconsin. All of a sudden, he's you know he, he blocking a kick and turning for a touchdown in in the Big Ten championship game and. Uh, and Hooker's got, I think his brother's the, the one that's a great basketball player, was at North Dakota. So they've got that. But, you know, Cashman, too, was, you know, he grew up being a, as a basketball player and thought he'd be a basketball yep. player. I tell you, that skill set, if you get big and strong and you can play basketball, you can play football. Well, no doubt about it. I think we've got some evidence of it right there in Cashman and other players like Cashman. One statistic that stands out as you look nationally when everybody's speculating where the Vikings are going to pick, where everybody's going to pick, people have really drilled down on the lack of protection that Cousins had uh, last year. And I think a lot of the focus was you cannot expect different results out of them until you do something to improve that protection. And whether it's in, you know, later rounds, the Vikings for years have been rumored to take offensive linemen and it doesn't work that way on draft day, but somewhere in this draft pick, they probably need to get two guys who can play for them almost right away. And we know how hard that is for offensive linemen to, to move from college to the pros. Yeah. And, and you just said, I think two is the goal. I think, I think you're looking at trying to get two that can play right away. Um, you know, and that's, a, as you mentioned, that's a hard thing. We saw <coughs> me, uh, O'Neal come in at the end of the year. He was pretty good as a tackle. Took a while. Uh, Elfline uh, played center there. He was able to get in as a rookie and do some things. Uh, he gets a variety of grades in the NFL spectrum as to how he stands as a center. Uh, Phil Lodeholt came in and played as a, a first-round pick. Uh, now, granted, he, he did have a lot of good players around him, too. I mean, that was a pretty good line that he came into, so he just had to do uh, – he was just one more piece that's a tough position to forecast and a tough one to get them in and play in right away at a high level. Uh, Cousins talked, they had their off-season workouts, and so all these guys are in. Of course, Adam Thielen got the big contract. Yeah. Cousins said that, you know, it, it doesn't have to be, I just need a couple seconds. He said, so I'm not going to overemphasize or lay it all on the offensive line. And he's had an interesting offseason. He spent time with Fran Tarkington, and he spent time uh, really drilling down on what he can do. Uh, and, and I think that... Uh, He's thinking schematically, if we can get a decent offensive line, change some of our scheme to move around, take the ball under center, all those things, we got a chance. You know, Mike, one of the positions you brought up was center, and I I can't forget a show we probably did five, six months ago. Could have been a little less than that. But we were were kind of saying to ourselves, whatever happened to John Sullivan? Almost Mm -hmm. washed up, we thought, when the Vikings moved on and went to center. All of a sudden, Sullivan is playing at the highest level four years after he lives here. He's playing in a Super Bowl. Playing in a Super Bowl. I had a nice visit with him out there at the Super Bowl. I covered the Super Bowl. I had a nice talk with him. And he had gone to Washington. Yeah. And um, obviously, when the coach moved, uh, he liked Sullivan enough that he brought him out there. And um, obviously he connected and Goff, he, he did have a big holding call in the Super Bowl and they're on the drive. But uh, he's such a smart, astute, uh, cerebral 
uh, football player. He, he really gets it. You know, he, he was part of that Notre Dame clan with uh, uh, Kyle Rudolph and John Carlson and the, the defensive back. They had a bunch from Notre Dame, remember, at one. Oh, Harrison sure. Smith, yeah. you know. Um, but really a smart football player. So that, that you, whenever you talk to him, you go, boy, I don't want him on my team because he seems kind of like Matt Burke, you know. This guy, can he's going to figure it out because he's going to study it and he's going to figure out what he needs to do to stay in the league. And he's become more than serviceable. He's become just, you know, a good veteran player. Uh, hold on to that thought about tight end because it fits in with a text message I got about 10 seconds ago. We're going to go to break here. As we do so, I'll give you the phone numbers. Well, you can tell we're talking. We, I've got a whole set of topics. Uh, without Sid here this morning, it changes the dynamic a little. Mike and I get a little more chance to, to talk about a variety of things, and we'll do that right after this. But you are invited to join us. You've been really good on your text messages, 81807. Got a whole bunch of those, some of them just excellent. But we'd love to hear your voice on the air, too. If you want to call us during the break, that would be a great time. The number, 651 651- Nine eight nine nine two two six. We'll be back with that tight end question and any of your phone calls right after this. You're listening to the Sports Huddle this morning with Mike and Dave. All right, Mike, we're back. Phone line still wide open. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six is the number to give us a call. That text message goes back to your observation on tight end, saying, "Hey, I love." Uh, Rudolph, uh, but isn't it time the Vikings start taking a look at tight end? Some of the national polls speculate that somewhere in the first three rounds, the Vikings will indeed take a tight end. A pass-catching tight end. Yes. So in other words, they're covered on the backside with yeah. Morgan, etc. Morgan's they good can block. block. Yep. Um, and they can move fullbacks out there and do all kinds of things to play that position. We don't need it. But the, the, the Kyle Rudolph type, the tall, good hands, yep. played basketball, all that stuff, uh, yeah, they need to just be thinking in those terms. And it never hurts to have two of them at the same time. And so I would not, yeah, I would not be surprised. They felt that that position, as a strength, was just kind of adequate this year going in. So uh, I don't know what that means, but uh, uh, they, they thought they could get one. They didn't think they were big timers there. All right, they've got a whole variety of topics here. I'm going to just kind of jump around. Uh, any word on who the Vikings might be bringing in? Uh, who the, I'm sorry, who the Timberwolves might be bringing in? Because it seems like all the other moves are dependent on making that first move. Yeah, and I, you know, they've talked to at least four people that we know of. Chauncey Billups and Calvin Booth are the only two yep. that I know that were. You know, Calvin Booth worked here for a few years, and he was always out there. He's about six eleven. You never really knew what he was doing. He was just he was in in the front office, but he's a quiet guy. And then he went to Denver, and obviously they've had great success. And uh, he's trying to move his way up, so that, that's why they, they're interested in him. Chauncey Billups is a flyer because he hasn't been in the front office, and he, uh, he's sitting out there working for ESPN, but he certainly is endeared to Glenn Taylor. And I think that, uh, you know, Dave, I don't, I don't, this is a really good question. So if you're Glenn Taylor and you're interviewing these people, uh, you know, what, what's the right answer for that person when you say, should Ryan Saunders be the coach or not? I don't know because I got a feeling that Glenn's got an idea, and as Glenn's saying, "Look, at, he's going to be the coach. Uh, this is the way we're going. Can you handle?" You know, because and if it, that's a rule of the interview, that changes the dynamic. Changes We've seen completely. that uh, in this community a couple of different yep. times when he said, "Yeah, you can be the head of things, but by the way, here's a couple untouchables." And I don't know if Chauncey Billups would say, "I'd love the job, but I need to have the total authority to to arrange things the way I want to see them." In his case, he might be real comfortable with Ryan because he knows him right. through his, you know, through Flip and. They played the Pistons and the Timberwolves, so he knows him well. Chauncey might be just fine saying, yeah, Ryan would be just fine for me. But I, I'm just saying that if, when you cast that wide net, and, you know, 
a lot of these teams didn't take long to name executives, did they? I mean, you saw a lot of activity when this season got over. They're hiring, you know, the Pelicans filled theirs, uh, yep. uh, the Phoenix Suns filled one. They don't take long. So it, the good ones that are out there, you better act on them. All right, here's a question somebody asked me during the week, and I said, I don't know the answer to this. This was a person who likes Saunders and said, I think long-term Ryan Saunders is going to be a very solid NBA coach. But it said, say they brought in, you know, Chauncey Billups. Say they brought in somebody who said, I want my own coach. I said, would, would Saunders go back to the role of assistant coach? And I said, I don't know. I don't know either. But, I, I, you know, I guess the question is, what are your options, right? Yeah. And so you, you got to look at that and say, okay, if I don't do that, then what can I do? It, it wouldn't be completely uh, – you know, the, the flip side of that is you do it the other way around, and Ryan's your coach, and you bring in a veteran NBA coach. Now, then you know if it fails, that guy's going to step in, and I would think that would be a more likely scenario – uh, you know, with J.B. Bickerstaff and David Yeager sitting out there, guys like that, yeah. I would think guys that would be Guys with Minnesota connections, yeah. yeah and, and the irony is, I said, David Yeager, uh, you know, remember we thought he was hired here. Well, they pulled the, the, the curtain under his feet at the end and said, we're going to name your assistant coaches, some of them. And he said, well, then I'm not taking the job. Well, and the so, person who asked me the question uh, was asking about Yeager. I, mm-hmm. I only gave, gave half of it on the air. But the other half was on the assumption that Yeager were interested and available. And I think the answer to that is yes and yes. Said, And he's got a good relationship with Saunders. Is there any chance that they could work out a deal where Saunders would be like the key right-hand person? And I said, wow, you don't see much precedent for that. But I don't know. It's an interesting idea. And after you get through all that, what's this team going to look like? I, I, I have no idea. Can you trade Teague in the offseason? Is there anybody that'll take that as a, because they can get salary cap relief on it down the road? I don't know, but the, the dynamics of this team are just not good right now. I mean, well, the third the, part of the question, Mike, not to interrupt you, was how much street cred does this organization have in attracting free agents or people looking at Minnesota? Nah, I don't think so. Too too much up in the air with Minnesota. Yeah, I, I mean, all you got to do is look at their history. They've never been able. They had one year where they went transactional, and Cassell and Sprewell wanted to prove themselves. That worked for one year. By the yep. next year, the head coach was fired because these guys had checked out again. So they have never landed a free agent that you'd go, boy, how'd they, how'd they win that one, right? Yeah, his name was Jimmy Butler. What happened? What, what that was a trade yeah, I know. because he never yeah. would have signed here. No. And we found out. Well, because yeah, he didn't. Yeah, because he, he didn't. didn't yeah. and, and he never would have signed here if he, had, if, if he was left to his own uh, – uh, devices and 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 you know you, you hate to say this but he orchestrated that whole thing and he he's the winner at the end because Philadelphia's got a chance to do something and, and he he got exactly what he wanted out of it. He got kicked out of the game last night, but they still won the won the game. Well, why did he get kicked out? Yeah, he got kicked out. Uh, okay, we uh, we've got about eight minutes till Glenn Mason joins us. Let's take a break here, and I'll give the phone numbers as we go to break. Six five one nine eight nine nine two two six. Haven't really talked about twins yet. I got a bunch of twins questions. We got a St. Thomas question. We got some more text messages up. I see we got a caller coming up on the screen. We'll be back right after this. Sports Huddle, Mike and Dave. We are back. We got so many good text messages. We could go an hour with the text messages. However, we got a couple of callers, and we will get them in before Glenn Mason joins us in about five minutes. We'll go first to you, Tim and Blaine. Go ahead, Tim. Hi, uh, this is uh, Ken. Uh, oh, Ken, I'm sorry, Ken. That's okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I was just thinking about this Timberwolf situation, and I'm not really a, a pro basketball fan, but just kind of looking at it from afar. I mean, we have, it seems like every year there's so much going on that is, is negative. You're firing coaches, hiring coaches, players don't show up for their training camp. And there's just so much going on that uh, is not helping the team. And I'm thinking that it might be time for Glenn, Glenn Taylor to uh, 
sell this team to uh, someone who uh, knows more about professional uh, basketball and uh, would be willing to uh, maybe get the team on the right track. You know, one of the downsides of the NBA right now, from a fan standpoint, is you can have a terrible team and still make so much money. Yep. So, so there's nobody that wants to sell right now, and there's very few people that can afford to buy. And uh, th- this would be an interesting time for Glenn because I think he's obviously overseeing, uh, in essence, the head coaching and the president of basketball operations. He's making the call on both. But I, I, th- I think he, he's still vested in this. I think he still loves doing this. You know, Mike, one of the tragedies, the NBA is great right now. The, the, mm-hmm. All around the country, the, if you've got an NBA team, you're having yep. so much fun. The caliber of play is so high. Yep. The young people come in are so good. There's so many great veterans out there. so many great individual stories. It's like it's happening in a bubble. We're the bubble around which it's happening, and people here are kind of down on the Timberwolves, down on the NBA, and I wanted to go, are you watching NBA games around the country? The NBA is terrific right now. You could argue never been better, but it's passing this market by. Yeah, and, and, and you hate to be in that position where you're selling who's coming to town. Yeah. Because that always tells the story as to how you feel about your own team, you yeah. know? It's like Rocco Baldelli didn't want to be on the media guide because if you put the manager on the media guide, that usually tells you you're not quite sure you got enough good players to put on there. All right, let's go to Skip in Bloomington. Skip, thanks for holding what's on your mind. Uh, yeah, the Easter guys. Um, a couple things that, with the Timberwolves. That I I wish they would have hired Dave Yeager a few years ago instead of uh, Tom Thibodeau. I think it would have been a better move. Uh, I like Ryan, but I'm not sure Ryan's if the players will, will rise for him consistently every night and play defense. And a couple other things. How do they get rid of, of you know, Jeff Teague is just – plays when he wants to play reminds me of Randy Moss talented but uh, you know they got to pay him 19 million they got guaranteed on him season ticket holders for us went up 50% or 45% yep. and now it's like they're they're a sinking ship again and and uh, and they've got to get rid of of uh, of uh, Wiggins Wiggins, for sure. Okay. I mean, he's just dead weight. You know, I mean, I was going to say that's that pause for the. Well, you can't trade Wiggins. Uh, Teague's got the big number. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks, Kip. Yeah. yeah, and uh, um, oh, what was the other part of that? Anyway. Well, Mike, part of it, he mentioned the $19 million. Forget about the $19 million. Seems like, I mean, it's more money than any of us will ever yeah, say. It's like relative. It, it's, it used to say it's like Monopoly money. It's so much more than Monopoly money. $19 million is a plausible amount to write off in yeah. basketball. There's so much money there. So don't like Jeff Teague for other reasons, but he makes a point. I mean, they got the Teague question mark, the Wiggins question mark. They got, you know, they got, they got a, a pretty good starter who didn't play from January on with what looked like a relatively minor injury. Uh, yeah, in, in yeah Covington, yeah. I mean, I mean, Covington, what do we know about Covington? I think most people liked what they saw, but they can't, so long ago that he played they can hardly remember him. How many times, Dave, though, do you see a superstar traded and you get multiple back? And it always looks good for a minute, oh, yeah. right? Because you go, holy cow, you had all this up. It's You're always better off with a superstar. Now, you couldn't keep Butler. I understand that. But but you're always better off with the superstar. The multiples. You know, Look at the Garnett deal. We got like guys. six guys. That's right. And, and you oh. go, well, that looks like a pretty good deal. Yeah. Nothing. They never went to the playoffs the entirety of that Whole run. Al Jefferson was good, but in the end, he didn't yeah. make us forget. Ryan uh, Gomes and yeah. Sebastian Telfair, and you go, well, this looks pretty good. Well, guess what? One of Boston, these guys has got to work out. Well, yeah, and Boston worked. went and won a uh, championship. They sure did. We'll be back with Glenn Mason right after this. Sports Huddle, Sid and Mike. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.